Ready to rock and roll again, my friend. 416-216-5900. And your number outside the show is 1-855-821-5900. Hello, my friend. How are you? I'm doing great, John. Good. And welcome, Excellent. everyone. We uh, always start off with the week. Well, that was how was it. Well, John, you know, uh, thank you very much, and thank you for everyone listening. And we've uh, since since we've started doing the show, we've expanded. We've now uh, uh, have listeners all over the province: Ottawa, Hamilton, here in the GTA. So this is great. And I always like to start off the show. We're talking about employment law, of course. Your rights in the workplace. Uh, whether you're employed or lost your job. So let's start with a couple of cases that I dealt with this week, uh, which I think are interesting, and uh, there's some important lessons to be learned there for both employers and employees. So in the first situation, uh, this gentleman that called me, he had uh, been hired by a major company on a one-year fixed-term contract. Now, a fixed-term contract is a contract that has a specific end uh, date. Yep. So no problem, everything's fine. Now, towards the end of that one-year contract, the company tells them, we want to hire you on permanently, but we're still waiting for approval. So we're just going to extend the contract for three months, and hopefully then we can hire you on permanently. Fine. Nothing, though, in writing. Nothing new in writing is signed. He simply continues working. Fast forward three months. The company says, well, we still haven't gotten the approval to hire you on permanently, so let's extend it by another three months. Uh, and again, nothing in writing, uh, all verbal. Fine. Continues working. Now, towards the end of that uh, three-month period, the company comes to him and says, well, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to hire you on permanent, uh, permanently. We did not get the approval, so we have to let you go. Right. Now, the person calls me, not because of, uh, of that, but he calls me really wanting to know if he would qualify for EI, employment insurance. He does, and he, and he is. However, uh, he's also owed severance. He didn't necessarily understand that. Now, why is he owed severance? Exactly. Since the, once the initial contract, that one initial one-year contract ended, uh, because no new written contract was entered into, he became a permanent employee. So all this time, the, tr- the company's trying to get approval to make him a permanent employee when, in fact, he had already become a permanent employee once he went past the one-year contract. So what does that mean? That means that he was a permanent employee. Uh, He had worked there for about a year and a half uh, in a senior position. He's a bit older. So he's owed somewhere between four to six months of severance. Uh, And the company didn't appreciate that. Uh, The lesson here, very important, first of all, for a company, if you're uh, extending someone's employment, it has to be in writing. It has to be. Otherwise, you're now uh, uh, making the employee a permanent employee, even though that may not be your intention. And for an employee, of course, understand that if you're uh, working for a company and your original written contract has uh, been extended or is expired and you continue working, you're now a permanent employee with the same legal rights as every other employee. In this case, this means the guy gets up to six months of severance. No kidding. Uh, A big, big thing, big deal for him. And again, he only called me about EI, uh, but in talking to him, I realized that. So a lot of people are in that same situation. Uh, the second second matter, uh, this lady called me. She had uh, been uh, uh, off work for a, on a disability for over two years, uh, you know, serious condition. During this time, she had very little contact with the company. Now, over time and after some therapy, she was well enough to try to return to work. Uh, so she contacts the company. She gets uh, transferred through uh, various phone extensions, and she finally gets put through to the head of the company's HR department. Now, this HR person had no idea who she was. He was fairly new in the job, didn't know this lady. And he said, well, why are you calling? Who are you? Do you work here? Ultimately, the company figures out who she is uh, by looking at their uh, records, but says, well, no, no, you've been gone for too long. 
uh, we've moved on. There's no job for you. Uh, feel free to apply for other jobs if you want, but okay. your job is gone, so you don't work here. What do you want from us? <laughs> well, nonsense, John. Uh, as you can appreciate, unless her employment is terminated, she remains employed. Let me repeat that. If an employee goes on disability, doesn't matter for how long, doesn't matter for how many years, unless their employment is terminated, the person remains employed. So in this case, she remained employed through the two-and-a-half-year disability. And now when she's not being hired back to work, well, guess what? She gets severance. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. She's been there for a total of 15 years, so she's looking easily at 18 months of severance. What's the lessons here? Well, for the employer, don't forget about employees on disability leave. Don't just forget about them. Stay in touch with them. Find out if they intend to come back to work or if they're permanently disabled. Figure out if you can take them back. Don't just uh, put the, their file in the drawer and forget about it. That's a recipe for disaster, potentially. For employees, remember, if you're on disability, it doesn't matter for how long, you have a right to your job back. In some situations, employment may be terminated, but uh, otherwise, no. If you haven't been terminated, you have a right to your job back. If not, you get severance. Take a quick call before we get to a uh, break. Uh, Joanna. Hi, Joanna. How are you? Hi, good. How are you? Excellent. Got a question for Lior. Go ahead. Good, Lior. Yes, I do. Um, I'm actually calling in regards to my father's case. He was working through an agency for four and a half years, um, and he was at a placement for four years, and he was let go from that placement uh, two weeks ago with no notice, um, and then had to let the agency know and um, has didn't right now hasn't even gotten the letter, but we just received a call that that they're going to be terminating him from the agency as well. And we don't know why we haven't received anything um, beyond just they paid him out four weeks now. And uh, I just wanted to know if there's any severance or, or what his rights are. Well, great question, Joanna. Thank you for calling. So first of all, yes, he absolutely gets severance. He's an employee. doesn't matter if he's employed through the agency or directly with the company that he was working for. In fact, in the eyes of the law, they're probably both, both the agency and the company are his employers. So he's, all that means is he worked there for four and a half years. Now he's been let go. Fair enough. But he has to get paid severance. Four weeks is not going to be anywhere near enough. Uh, how old is your father? Uh, he is actually 55. And what kind of job? What was he doing? He was shipping and receiving. Okay. So he'd be looking right around six months of severance is what he'd be owed. So forget about four weeks. He's owed six months of compensation. Uh, and that's not controversial. That's not difficult. These things are fairly common. So what I propose, uh, Joanna, let's you and I or, or your father and I speak mm -hmm. off the air uh, okay. and we can get some more information. I want to see, uh, uh, I want to find out more about his compensation, sure. about the relationship with the agency. And mm -hmm. on that basis, I can tell you exactly what needs to be done to get him that six months compensation. Joanna, okay. that number I'm going to give you is 416-216-5900. We'll take our uh, first break. The phone lines are wide open. Give us a call. New York can be reached anytime at 1-855-821-5900. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900, right? Or Lior at employmenthour.com. Uh, Give us a call. Lots of calls flying through. Got to Mike. Hello, Mike. How are you? Good. Yourself? Good, sir. Go ahead. Uh, I got a question. I worked for a temp agency for about a year and a half, and then uh, I, I ended up getting fired. I was wondering if they owe me any severance. And uh, for the year and a half, did you work regularly? Did you work for one company? Tell me a bit about that. Yeah, I worked for one company, but through an agency. Yep. And, and uh, I ended up getting fired after about a year and a half. And why were you let go? I got into a fight. 
Ah, so uh, the problem is, is the fight. So if it wasn't, if they let you go because they didn't need you anymore, clearly you'd be entitled to severance, no question. In terms of the fight, if you got into a fight in the workplace, certainly if you were the instigator, the company may have cause to let you go, which means you don't get severance. If you're defending yourself, someone else attacked you and you're just uh, making sure you don't get hurt, then it's not your fault and then you're entitled to severance. So right. it comes down to, to that. Uh, severance for you uh, would probably be in the order of about three months of pay. Uh, so it really comes down to the fight. Okay. All right. That's all. Thank you very okay. much. Thanks, Mike. So it's either you caused it or didn't cause it, Yeah, right? I mean, yeah. I, I, getting, you know, obviously if he attacks someone, that would be a big deal. Yeah. We'll get to uh, Sammy. Hi, Sammy. Hey, how are you? Good. How are you? You got a question Good. for the air? Go ahead. Yeah, I have a question. I've been, I've been working with this company for over 12 years. And uh, I leave, I take a leave of absence to open my business. But, you know, but I didn't quit my job. So then they wrongfully dismiss me from the job but no problem but i didn't receive no severance package so sammy just so i understand you took a leave of absence yes i just think i take a leave yeah did they approve that leave of absence yep for how long they take a, they take a leave for two two three months and they were okay with that this is not a situation you just decided to leave they said yeah no problem take no no, the leave. no. I, I just tell them that i have to go and do something yeah okay and then and then uh the situation was this the guy, the supervisor there was, was, was racist. I had my son was working in there, right? Yeah. And he wrongfully accusing me of swiping my son's card, which my son was in the factory working. Right. He take me to the, he take me to the manager and everything. And then when I asked them for a printout of my son's uh, uh, punch in and out, they showed me the date was today day that my I swiped my son card today, mm. but my son was in the factory that time. I see. So, okay. Sammy, ultimately, that that would not be cause for termination. So, definitely, after twelve years, you're most certainly entitled to severance. And how old are you, Sammy? I'm fifty-seven, fifty-seven years old now. So you're probably looking at about fourteen, fifteen months of severance that's owed to you. It's a significant amount of money. Uh, so what they've done is a wrongful dismissal. You're right. I would very much like to talk to you off air, Sammy. So please, yeah. please do give me a call. It's a serious matter. It's a quite a bit of compensation that's owed to yeah, you. Yeah, because I, I was out of job for seven years now. I didn't work. Oh, that, this happened seven years ago. Yeah. Ah, okay. So un- unfortunately, you are out of time. We should have asked that sooner. Uh, there's a two-year limitation period, Sammy. Yeah. We'll get to Nick on line three. Hi, Nick. Hi, how are you? Good. What's up? Um, actually, this just happened uh, uh, on Friday. Um, so I have a, a structured commission plan uh, which was given to me uh, and a signed contract. And uh, Friday, I got pulled into the office, and they've told me that uh, I have a few options. Uh, they'll assign me a new territory, okay. uh, which has no customers. I would not be part of the commission pool, which everyone else is part of. So I'd have to start from zero. Uh, option two was they've talked to another company uh, on my behalf, uh, where I have prior experience too, uh, and they would consider talking to me for employment. Or number three, would they give me a severance package and I can uh, go on my way? Uh, and the, the reason was, and they've never been written up, uh, I've never heard from any of my clients saying that my attitude was poor uh, towards the clients, and, that they've re- and my boss has received complaints regarding me. Now, Nick, how long have you worked there for? Uh, since uh, 2012, March 2012. Uh, since uh, March 2012, and what kind of a job? What do you do there? 
Uh, the sales? The sales, sales, yeah. So I have a base salary plus commission. So ultimately, they don't have a right to make you change the terms uh, of your employment, certainly in a way that's going to impact you by giving you a territory that has no, no business. You're going to make no money that way. So ultimately, if you don't want to accept that, and I understand why you wouldn't, yes, you're, you're owed severance, and I think the company's already given you that as an option. Remember, they can let you go, uh, but they have to pay severance. In your situation, you'd be owed right around four to five months of compensation, potentially as much as six months. Now, that said, if you'd signed a contract at some point in, when you started a couple of year, uh, years ago uh, that speaks to the issue of termination, that may be a bit different. So the key here is if you're not going to accept the transfer, you want to make sure that the severance that they're offering you is appropriate. To do that, if you, if you decide to go that route, happy to take a look at it, happy to tell you if it's appropriate. Just email, fax it to me, whatever you want. I'll take a look at it, no charge, and we can talk about it. Okay, I'd appreciate it. But, but I, I mean, I, I love the company. I love working there. So why, like, like I don't understand, like, uh, do they not have to give me a written warning or anything like that prior to making the, like, I, I've asked, okay, name the, name the customers that, that are complaining about me. No, unfortunately, and, if they're willing to pay severance, uh, Mike, they don't have to, to do that. If they were to say, we're letting you go without severance for cause, then they'd have to explain, then they'd have to provide warnings. But if they're treating this as a without cause termination, i.e. with severance, they could do that for any reason. They simply have to pay severance. So now this is a question of if you're not going to continue working there, how much severance you're owed. So give me a call and let's talk about that. Nick, that number is 416-216-5900. You want to give us a call on the air. Got the phone lines jammed. Stay on the line. We'll get to you, Mike and Chris and Larry and everyone else. Leor's number anytime is 1-855-821-5900. The Employment Hour. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. The phone lines are a buzzing. We love this. We are all over this like Kirstie Eiley on a peach cobbler. We'll get to uh, Mike in Vaughn. Mike, how are you, pal? What's going on? How are you guys doing? Good, man. What's up? I have a question for Lior. Um, my wife just started a, a position where she's uh, training uh, to do uh, sales of a product. And it seems that some of the things she's going to be asked to participate in are against her religious convictions. And I'm just wondering what her rights are uh, going forward. Now, is this a, a mainstream religion or religious convictions or something more obscure? Uh, main, relatively mainstream. And, and the convictions, are, are they hers or is it well understood that those are tenets of the, of the religion? Uh, they are, are tenets of the religion. Okay. So if she can't do that for legitimate uh, religious reasons, number one, she needs to tell her employer, and I would go a bit beyond that. I would uh, get a letter from uh, 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 whoever the religious person is, a, a priest, a pastor, whatever it is, confirming that she practices that religion and, and that uh, those are tenets of the religion. Uh, because once they have that, the company has to accommodate. They have to provide accommodation, which means potentially making changes to her job uh, that uh, would allow her to still do her job while not doing the things that are against her religion. If they refuse to do that, well, not only can she treat that as a termination and get severance, but it's also a human rights issue, okay? So, in other words, it's illegal. So what I propose is, again, talk to the employer, but do get a letter, a note, something from uh, someone at the church or what, whatever the, uh, the appropriate uh, body is uh, to confirm that, in fact, she's practicing in that area. Oh, okay, that's good to know. Yep, makes sense, right? Just getting, It's always about paperwork. It's always Absolutely. about backup, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Quite common. We will get to uh, Ansar. Hello, Ansar. Hi. Hello there. How are you? Good. What's up? Well, my question is, my uh, my wife's currently on mat leave, and the company she's working for went bankrupt. 
So I'm wondering, is she entitled to severance? And if not, is she entitled to employment insurance? Great question. So uh, let's start with the second question first answer. The, the, second, the answer to the second question is absolutely yes. She's certainly entitled to employment insurance. Uh, the answer to the first question about severance, unfortunately, is not as good. Uh, if the company is bankrupt, usually the, that means that there's simply no ability to pay. So is she entitled to severance? Absolutely. Is she going to get it? Probably not, simply because the company would not be able to pay. There's no ability to pay. In most uh, bankruptcy situations, the person may get a small fraction of the severance that's actually owed, uh, and that would be through the uh, trustee in bankruptcy. So that's not good news on that front. It's really the only situation where an employer doesn't pay severance is because, again, you can't uh, get blood from a stone. Is that because the the, the people, the employees, are really low on the uh, the creditors list? Yeah, yeah. unfortunately, believe it or not, the, the, the banks, the secured creditors, are much, much higher. And by the time the banks are done, there's very little left. Hi, Larry. Welcome to the show. How are you? Lior, John, great show. Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. Uh, just a quick question. Um, I'm under a doctor's care for um, depression and anxiety, and uh, <clears throat> uh, which causes me to, to lose a few days at work. Am I legally obligated to inform my employer that I am under um, medical care, so to speak? It doesn't affect my driving. It doesn't affect my performance during the day. It just does cause me not to uh, attend every day as much as I'd like to. So, excellent question, Larry. I'm glad you asked this question because a lot of people, I think, are in the same situation. If you're going to be missing work for medical reasons, yes, you have to provide a doctor's note, some medical information outlining that because otherwise you don't actually have a legal right to miss work unless there's a good justification, a medical justification. So the concern here would be that the employer at some point, at some point says, well, Larry is missing all this work. Uh, he hasn't given us a medical note. That's not appropriate. That could potentially be caused to let you go. Okay. So, so you definitely want to provide that, uh, simply confirming that uh, either you do it on a case-by-case basis, so if you're going to miss a work, you provide after the fact and doctor's note explaining it, or you may want to provide uh, a, a now a doctor's note saying, for medical reasons, every once in a while he may have to miss work. Frankly, I would do both. I would provide one gen- general doctor's note and then one note for each absence. Okay, correct. What I'm asking, <clears throat> excuse me, is I'm having a tough enough time coming to grips with this until they get the recipe right for me. Uh, do I have to tell them specifically why, other than no. the fact that I'm under a doctor's care? No, sorry, no. That, you certainly have no obligation to tell them about what your medical condition is. Uh, you, you do have an obligation to tell them if there's anything that may impact your ability to do the work, because Correct. that can, can be a safety issue. But yep. no, they don't have any, obli- or any uh, right to know what your diagnosis is. Absolutely not. Fantastic. Thank you very much for your time. Larry, appreciate the call. We'll get to uh, Chris. Hi, Chris. Hey, Leor. Hey, Bill. Bill? John, whatever. It goes by Bill, too. I have lots of bills, but it's it's John. How are you? as well. Um, First, I just want to say I I love listening because it's really refreshing to hear somebody that really knows their stuff. Thank you, Lior. Well, Lior's not bad as well. I'd like to give him some credit (laughs) once in a while. What's uh, what's your question, Chris? The question is, and I'll I'll be brief, uh, my wife uh, was with a a very well-renowned company for 16 years at a high, high level. Um, she ran into a sexual harassment issue uh, with with two higher management people, uh, senior management. Uh, felt very awkward. Uh, brought it to HR's uh, attention. Uh, she wanted to meet at uh, at a Tim Hortons, which is really inappropriate to, to be disclosing this sort of thing at a Tim Hortons. So it was obvious it wasn't being taken seriously at the time. Um, 
they finally met met somewhere else, investigated. The other guy said absolutely not, and it was dismissed. Hmm. Um, she went on uh, she went on on uh, a disability leave just to, to gather her gather herself, and it got to the point where she she just had to resign. Okay. Um, and it was it wasn't just you know innuendos. This was. He's lucky to have teeth still. I understand. No, I understand, Chris. So, so here's what I'm going to say to you. Ultimately, uh, in terms of whether she has legal recourse because she had to resign, it comes down to whether she can prove it and what can she do to prove what happened. And, and here's what I mean by that. If, uh, if there's a, a sexual harassment that allows or that, that makes her uh, leave, resign, that's a human rights issue. It's illegal. It's also a constructive dismissal, which means she gets severance. The problem, of course, you or your wife would be the one that has the burden, the onus to prove what happened. Yeah. If that can be proven either through witnesses or through some documents or any other way, yes, not a problem. She has legal recourse, tremendous legal recourse, and a case like that, believe me, is going to resolve really quickly. Uh, that's the only thing. If, if it's her word against someone else's, it could get more more iffy because someone may, may be credible, your wife may be credible, and ultimately we may not know uh, who, who's telling the truth and who isn't. May I add to that, Lior, quickly? Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the one fellow, it was all done through uh, through texting. Yeah. Oh, um, that's helpful. The one fellow. The other one was done through the, the same time. It was with an FI. Yeah. Uh, the other one was done through the same same time Thing, messaging back and forth, which is not uh, recordable. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the, the other one was done through through texting, and when she brought that text forward, uh, HR said yes, we've had other complaints, and we'll take care of that. Um, but there was no uh, there was no recourse for for Tiffany. So I mean, it's 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 rampant throughout this company. Right. Um, so there's proof that way, and we've had other people that have left the company due to this, this fellow's uh, behavior, um, and we could bring them in as, 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 yeah. as witnesses. No, that, what, what you're talking right now, Chris, is exactly what I'm talking about. That's proof. That's evidence. She has certainly recourse here. She's entitled to severance. Certainly human rights issues as well, which may entitle her to compensation. So please give me a call. I'll be happy to speak to you and her and, and, and do everything in my power to help you. Chris, a couple different ways, as you probably heard, 416-216-5900 and Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. Emily, hang on the line. We'll get to you more of the Employment Hour coming up. Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. 1-855-821-5900. Uh, Emily, thanks for uh, for waiting on the line. Emily, go ahead. Hi. Hi. Okay, I've worked for a company for nine, year, nine and a half years. Um, our sales are a little down. Uh, my position is customer service slash sales, and on Friday, uh, one of our newer employees who had been short-term, seven months, was let go. Um, I was then pulled into the office and told that I was given two choices. I could either be let go because sales are down, or I could work half the hours for half my pay. I'm a salaried employee, and I can't survive on 20 hours a week. Right. And I was told this on Friday, and I have to make a decision by 8 a.m. Monday morning. No, you don't. So, well, first of all, in terms of if you're looking at making a decision, honestly, the decision has to be the, the, the severance. And let me tell yeah. you why. Uh, one of the reasons is because the severance is, is going to be substantial. I'll, I'll assess you in a second. But the other reason why uh, you would want to do that is because if you accept this lower reduction, uh, this lower pay, and let's say a week later they let you go, 
Well, right. now you're still getting severance, except that severance is going to be calculated on the basis of 50% of what you were making Just before. Just after a week, though? Yeah, absolutely. Oh. So if you're going to lose your job, Emily, you want it to be making what you're making now, not when you're making half of it. Okay. Right. So there's nothing to, to, to be able to do to stop the company from putting you in this position, okay? So the, you just have to decide what's best for you. If you decide it's best to continue working at half the pay, fine. But in my opinion, you want to get severance because that gives you insurance. It's like insurance. It gives you the amount of time that you may need to find another position that's going to pay you proper wage. Right. Now, you've been there nine and a half years. You're a customer service slash sales. And right. how old are you, Emily? 44. Okay. So you'd be looking right around a month per year of service, right around nine months of severance is what you'd be entitled to here. So what does that mean? That means that you would have about nine months to find proper compensation. One thing, though, to uh, a proper, uh, another proper job, the one thing to understand is they're offering you severance. Whatever they're offering you is not necessarily what you're owed. I just told you what you're owed. Right. If it's not that, if they're saying, well, severance is three months, well, guess what? That's not right. At that point, you need to talk to me because you're, like I said, owed right around nine months. Do you so know how much severance they're offering? So at that point, no, I don't okay. because they wouldn't. I, I wasn't given the offer until right. I decide which, whether I'm taking option A or option B. Right. Yes. But if they offer me, let's say, for example, well, three months severance, and I clearly don't agree with it and would like to speak with you at a later time. Absolutely. I'm, I'm not signing anything at that point. But no. if they hand me a check and say, here you go and here's your ROE, do I just pick it up and walk out? Yes, you pick it up and, and uh, walk out and you give me a call. No, you're not going to sign anything on the spot. They're, they're not even likely to ask you to sign anything on the spot. But if, even if they do, you're going to uh, decline politely, you're going to call me, and we'll, you'll send me a copy of what they've offered you. I'll take a look at it, and I'll be able to tell you right away, yes, it's good, or no, it isn't. And if it's not good, I'll tell you exactly what we can do about it, which usually is extremely easy to resolve. And how about the time limit you just mentioned? Don't, don't worry about Same. that. There's no yeah. gun to your head. Uh, you, you, you make a decision that's right for you. Take as long as you need. And if they offer you a severance and they say you have to return it to us by tomorrow, that's meaningless. It's, it's, it's irrelevant. Your legal rights don't expire tomorrow. You have two years to pursue those. But that said, once you, you've made the decision, if the decision is to get severance... Oh, I've already made the decision. <laughs> okay. Well, for, for obvious <laughs> reasons. Easy. I can't survive on 20 hours. Yeah, a exactly. No, they, well, there you go. Put that way, there's not much of a choice there, right? Right. So, uh, yeah, give me a call if that were to happen. Uh, even if the severance is good, even if you think, well, they've offered me 10 months of compensation, just it never hurts to have another pair of eyes on it. Send it to me. I'll be able to take a look at it and confirm uh, that, it is, uh, that it is good, hopefully. Emily, that number, 416 416-216-5900. We'll get to uh, Peter. Hi, Peter. Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, I'm an employee, and we hired a subcontractor company. And um, he was as a subcontract for two years. After two years, in the beginning of October, um, I find out to the other sources he was messing around with our customer services, still customers. He's uh, sending jobs to different places. And by the way, we canceled the contract with him. Right. With the company. What the guy is claiming right now, he says we want him severance pay. Okay. So let me ask you some questions, uh, Peter. This, this subcontractor, uh, first of all, was he working just for you or was he working for others as well? He say he worked for others too, but he's supposed to give me a certain time. We never really track him the time. We don't have a problem with that. He's supposed to take care of some sales and take some new job in the company. That's his, his job as a 
not job. As a company, we have a verbal agreement between each in uh, two companies. Now, uh, what kind of hours was was this person working? Irregular. Yeah. They never have hour. So it wasn't fixed from nine to five Monday to Friday. No, 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 no. No. Okay. And uh, they were working from your offices or from other places. We give a place, an office, him, in our building to him too. And was he working from there? No, sometimes he's over there, but was most of the time out. Okay. So the question is what, whether in the eyes of the law this person is considered an employee or subcontractor. I know that you consider him a subcontractor, and that's fine, but the law also is allowed to look and make its own decision. Based on what you're telling me, I think you have a good reason to consider him a subcontractor. He probably wasn't working exclusively for you. He didn't have fixed hours. He was working sometimes in your location, sometimes out of location. So he's probably a subcontractor. If he is, he's not owed severance. Therefore, uh, that's all I can tell you. If he pursues that, if he makes threats to you, you want to give me a call. I could probably get this resolved very quickly. But based on what you've told me, and again, I don't have all the information necessarily, it doesn't seem like a a situation where you owe him severance. Uh, But I would much rather talk to you uh, off air so I can get some more information and then I can give you a, a more accurate assessment of your situation. Peter, that number again, I'll give it out, 416-216-5900. We'll take a short break. Want to give us a call? We've got lots lined up. We'll get to you. This is the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640. We have uh, Lou. Hello, Lou. Hey, John. Lior, love the show. Thanks, Just Tom. had a quick question. Can Lior give me some uh, information on uh, when you've been laid off in an organization and there's union representation and you're not happy with uh, the outcome? Yeah, and, and Lou, thank you for the question. One of the most common questions that I get both uh, at the office and on the air, unfortunately, there's nothing that you can do. You, there's no ability to do much about it. Uh, if you're part of a union, you live and die with and by the union, so you have to follow the process, and they're the ones driving the uh, the grievance. So the only thing, thing you can do is if they really dropped the ball, if they really didn't do their job, you can potentially file a complaint against the union with the labor board, it's called the duty of fair representation complaint. I right. can tell you that those are very rarely successful and they're quite difficult. I, I generally don't recommend them unless it's completely obvious that the union is, is just sitting on their hands doing nothing. So Otherwise, you're, you're kind of stuck. So in terms of uh, receiving severance or anything like that, it's out of the question, whatever's in the CBA basically exactly. goes. Whatever's in the CBA goes. One of the problems of being part of a union is you essentially forgo the severance that you would otherwise be entitled to have. Tony, I'm not sure if we just answered your question, but do we answer your question? Not really. Well, sorry, okay. not really. Okay. It's a little bit different. Okay, go ahead. Um, anyways, uh, good afternoon. How are you guys? Good, man. How are you, Tony? Not too bad. Um, right. Okay, well, I'm working for a company that's also unionized, and um, me and this other employee got hired on the same day. And uh, so the company decided that uh, to, to uh, establish seniority, we'd have to pick a number out of a hat, so a draw. Um, I came on top. And uh, this was in 2007. But then I was on modified duties for a while, about four years later. And so I didn't put my name on the availability list, the overtime list. So then when I was able to put my name on the list because I was off modified duties, I noticed that the person who was below me, who got hired the same day as me, was above me, our seniority goes. Mm -hmm. So I brought it up to uh, the attention of management with the company. And uh, they passed it on to the union. And they said that the reason that this person was moved above me seniority-wise was because we had a second draw. I wasn't aware that we had a second draw, and I don't recall uh, having a second draw, and there's no documentation of it. So I was wondering now, what can I do in that situation? Well, ultimately, whether what the company... 
There's uh, nothing like that in the collective agreement that states anything about that. Right? Okay, so, so so if it's not governed by the collective agreement, then it go, it's governed by, by the company's practices. Ultimately, if it's something that they didn't do uh, or they shouldn't be doing, the only one that can help you, by the way, is the union, no matter what. So even if I'm going to tell you right now what they did, Tony, is completely wrong. It's illegal. It doesn't really matter because if you go to the union and the union says, we don't agree or we don't want to do anything about it, guess what? There's nothing that you can do on your own. You can't say, well, tell you what, union, forget about you. I'm going to go hire Lior and have Lior deal with this. You can't hire me. You can't hire a lawyer or deal with this yourself. You have to go through the union. Therefore, whether or not it's right or wrong, what I'm telling you to do is go speak with the union if, and, and hope that the union wants to help you. And if they refuse to help you, guess what? You're, you're, you're left with very little options. Last week, uh, we actually want to get back into this topic uh, while we take a break from some of the phone calls. We were talking about uh, termination without cause, or in this case, clause, since you've got your wife a new cat. That's week. right. Thank you. Um, continue on with that. Uh, what if uh, Severance Offer has a deadline? We, we touched on this with Emily a short time ago. Yeah, and, and it's, John, it's not even what if it has a deadline. Every severance offer has a deadline. You're always going to see right at the end, you know, you need to sign this by Friday at 5, Monday at 4, whatever the de- deadline is. Uh, and, and for people looking at that, uh, they get very stressed out. They get very nervous. And that's the point. That's why it's in there to make someone nervous and feel like if they don't sign it on time, they're going to lose something. They're, there's something at stake. So people call me with that very uh, frequently. Lear, what do I do? The deadline's expiring today. What I tell these people, what I'm telling you right now, if you haven't heard me say this before, you're listening to our show, that deadline is irrelevant. It means nothing, okay? Your legal rights do not expire Friday at 5. You have several, you have two years to pursue your legal rights, okay? So that deadline means nothing. You need to make sure you take your severance offer home. You talk about it with your wife. You get legal advice. You call me. Let's go over it and make sure that it's appropriate. If that takes a day or a week or longer, it doesn't matter. That's what you have to do. Nothing happens if you don't accept that on the deadline. In theory, if the company was offering you more severance than what they have to offer you, well, at that point, you may want to consider it, uh, uh, consider accepting it before they change their mind. But I have yet to see severance that's mm-hmm. better than what it needs to be, or maybe I've seen it once in, in, in 13 years. Uh, so don't worry, you're not in that situation. Therefore, forget about the deadline. Don't get stressed out. Get legal advice. That's which, what you have to do. Which brings me to the next question. Why, If they have to go through all this rigmarole and legalese, why don't companies just offer proper severance? Because I'm sure they have the tools to find out, like yeah. the severance pay calculator, you know, and find I, out how just offer proper severance off the hop. And that's why a lot of people accept inadequate severance, because they assume that their employer is offering proper severance. Well, you know, I'm sure they know what they're doing, so they're offering proper <laughs> severance. Uh, an employer may offer inadequate severance for one of a couple of reasons. Either the employer itself doesn't know any better, uh, the HR person is not too familiar with employment law or has not spoken with a lawyer to get that information. That's one option. Uh, the other option is the employer may be trying to save some money on severance and hoping that the employee is not going to know any better. And believe me when I tell you, John, that that's a pretty good gamble for the employer because most individuals don't know any better. That's why we have this show. So a lot of people are going to accept inadequate severance. So either people accept inadequate severance because they think their employer is getting it right or they think it's going to be too hard, too difficult, too expensive right. to pursue it when all of that is, in fact, wrong. It's not difficult. It's not expensive. It's not uh, long. Uh, so, yeah, do not assume an employer is prop- paying proper severance. Uh, and oftentimes it's not because the employer is bad. The employer may have the best intentions and want to treat, wants to treat the employee properly. They just don't know any better. 
And after a year doing this show, year and a half, just oh, imagine the millions left on the table across this country. Of All the time. Always it, it, it's advice. a number that's so big, it's staggering. Yeah. We'll take uh, Ken quickly before the break. Hello, Ken. Welcome to the show. Hi. Um, yeah, no, I've been, uh, 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 we're going to be offered, like through the union I'm in, to become RAND employees. And I'm just wondering if I should become a RAND employee or stick with the union. It's a very large union. Actually, it's the OSSTF. And okay. by, by RAND employee, what do you mean? RAND. Like you're, you, you pay your union dues, but you're kind of not really part of the union. Like, do you not know about the RAND, RAND memorandum? Not in this context, no. No? Oh, no. okay. I'm, I'm just wondering because uh, if you become a RAND employee, like the union will not represent you, and that means I can go out and hire a lawyer if I, you know. It's like you can well, have your cake and well, eat it, it too. If you're ultimately asking me whether you're better off being represented by a union or not, I'm telling you in my experience, you're certainly better not being represented by a union because then you have the ability to do something about your legal rights. You have the ability to go out and deal with it yourself, deal with it with your own lawyer. You're not in someone else's hands, okay? Yeah. And Every single show that we do here, every single day in my office, I get calls from unionized people saying, Lior, uh, I'm at my wit's end. What do I do here? The union's not doing anything for me. I'm getting the shaft from my employer, and I'm telling them I can't help you. No one can help you. Right. So I would much rather you be in a position where you're not in that situation. You can enforce your own legal rights. You can hold your employer's feet to the fire if you, if you need to. And if that means not being part of a union, in my opinion, that's better. Rand employee. Got to Google that one for sure. We'll take a, a short break. Get a couple more phone calls. We want to talk about termina- uh, terminationquestions.com. And uh, I want to talk about severance pay calculator because these are two very important and handy instruments right here in the Employment Hour on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML. Bounce back over to a little bit about uh, termination without clause. So, Clause. I did that on purpose. Sure you did, Sure I did. Uh, if someone's uh, severance offers, it's not good. They want to improve it. They think, you know, they've been listening to the show for quite a long time. They know it should be improved. How do they go about doing it? Well, you know, first of all, uh, you, you, you need to really read it carefully. You need to take it home and take the time and understand uh, what, with some of the things we've talked about, that it's, there's no rule of a week per year of service or uh, two weeks per year of service. None of those rules apply. So if, if you're not sure, the easiest thing to do is to give me a call, John, and, and I, I can talk to you or one of the other lawyers in my office, uh, there's 12 of us, uh, can talk to you and we can easily assess what you're owed and at least you know. Here's the idea. It's not about having wanting to do something about it. You may decide not to do something about it. That's fine. But at least you should know what your rights are and if you're legal, leaving on the table money that the law provides for you. I think that's a basic thing that everyone should do. So give me a call. Well, the other way to, to know is, you know, it's a good segue, is you can go to severancepaycalculator.com. Cool. So as you've seen, what I've done on the show already with a few people today is I've asked them a few questions about the length of their employment, their age, their position. And that basis, on that basis, I, I told them, you heard me say, you know, you're owed nine months severance or 12 months or 18 months. Well, I've taken that knowledge and I put it on, uh, on an app and I put it on a website, severancepaycalculator.com. And everyone can use it. It's completely free, very user-friendly. You go to severancepaycalculator.com right now. You input the three pieces of information, how long you've worked, the type of job that you, you have and your age. And it's going to tell you approximately in, in months how much severance you are owed. It can also calculate a dollar value for that. 
So very, very important tool. It's really the only way to know, other than speaking with me, the only way to know is to use the severancepaycalculator.com. Uh, you can download the app on iPhone, iPad, uh, and Android as well. So very, very key tool. I can tell you that since we've started the, the Severance Calculator, which is about a year ago now, I think it was uh, November of, of 2013, over 50,000 people have used wow, it. Wow, no uh, kidding. And, and, and it's tremendous. We've gotten a lot of feedback, and a lot of people have written to me to say that it's thanks to this that, that it, it really saved us. It's thanks to this that we realized we wrote a lot more money and we're able to pursue it. So, you know, that's very rewarding to hear that. And the numbers are true. It's not a bug in the system. You may be shocked thinking it is, that you get yeah. two weeks per I, year. I got a call from someone in Ottawa last week after he uh, he heard the show and he used a severance calculator. And he said, uh, I, I just used this. It told me I was owed nine months of severance. I doubt that this is correct, but if it is, I really need to talk to you. Right. Uh, and because a lot of people are using it and are very surprised to, to see the, the results. So severancepaycalculator.com, even if you've just wanted to know for your own information, yeah. what would happen, hey, if I got let go this year, next year, the year after, I, you know, what, what am I owed? Um, what, what would my family get? Uh, go to severancepaycalculator.com. You also got terminationquestions.com as well, right? Yeah. Well, you know, and why did I start that? Terminationquestions.com. Well, I'm on the, I'm on the air here once uh, a week on the weekends for an hour, and I take a lot of questions. We've, I don't know, I've had 15 or 20 so far today. Uh, but again, it's only one hour, and a lot of people may, may want to have their own questions answered otherwise, or they may not want to call me at the office. They're just you know, more comfortable putting their thoughts in writing. So I started terminationquestions.com. You go on the website. Uh, there's a box there. You type in your question, uh, and then I'll answer it within a few minutes usually right there on the website. You get the information. It's completely anonymous. You don't have to put in your name or any other piece of information uh, just to get that information uh, that you need. Uh, I've probably in the last week alone, I probably had about 60 or 70 people submit questions through terminationquestions.com. It's a really, really neat tool, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm very happy of it. So again, I, I'm all about giving you information. I'm not about uh, telling you what to do, just giving you the information so you can make an informed decision. So the severance calculator, terminationquestions.com, those are some of the tools that I use. Get out and try them both as we wrap it up here. A couple different ways to get a hold of Lior. I'll give you his email, Lior, L-I-O-R, at employmenthour.com. And outside of show hours, it is 1-855-821-5900. This has been the Employment Hour once again right here on Talk Radio AM 640 and AM 900 CHML.